This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 299, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, August 19th. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans, this is episode 299, and it's our Comic Reviews episode for the week of, or releases for the week of Wednesday, August the 19th. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. Uh, today we're taking a look at 10 comics that came out this previous week. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of comics that came out, and I didn't get a chance to read nearly as many as I would have liked to. Uh, but I think we've still got an interesting smattering, although it seems to be a lot more Marvel this week. Uh, although, I think there's always a little bit, not of a bias towards Marvel, but I find that the ones I'm, I'm more likely to read quicker and faster are usually Marvel, and the ones that kind of end up on the bottom of the pile and not always discussed on the show end up being DC. Not through any particular, you know, evil machinations. It just kind of has been the way it's worked out. Uh, so let's jump right in anyway to uh, 1872. Uh, this is issue number two. And what's interesting, this is one of those books where of the Secret Wars times, there's most of them are taking risk, uh, kind of previously established concepts and ideas and doing their own thing. This one, I think, is more or less a, a new reality uh, that we're seeing instead. Um, I'm really digging it. It's by Jerry Dugan, artwork by uh, Nick Varela. Um, really liking the style of the artwork, the the world that's been created. This kind of uh, this old old west kind of idea concept of the Marvel universe known as Timely. You got uh, the one honest cop in town is Steve Rogers. Uh, he's trying to do everything he can to uh, make sure the Red Wolf has a proper trial because he doesn't think he actually killed Bucky. Um, he ends up going up against. Uh, basically Wilson Fisk's enforcers. It's very brutal. What Fisk does in in the middle of town, basically, is, is pretty crazy. Um, extremely interesting. I can't wait to see what kind of happens next uh, with whatever Tony's building. Um, it's emotional. It really it, it gets you invested. You care about... It's interesting. In some ways, it almost reminded me of Southern Bastards in that, you know, the town is so corrupt that, you know, this guy, this major figure of the town, beats a man to, or throws him to the pigs to die and be eaten, which is brutal, by the way. And um, and it's just accepted. It was uh, a little, like, distressing and, and kind of panicking, but a very well-put-together issue. Um, I I'm just find myself really invested in this 1872 world. It's very interesting. I don't know what they're going to do with it exactly now that you know Steve is dead because he was such a fascinating version of Steve Rogers in a reality that really couldn't support his sense of idealism. Uh, really dug this. Uh, I'm going to give this, a, a, I think, a 9 out of 10. I, I thought it was a really good book. Maybe 8.5. Maybe I thought of the back just half a, half a step. But 8.5 out of 10, it's a very good read. Uh, next up is one of the ones I'm most surprised that I'm enjoying from Secret Wars, which is the Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies miniseries. Uh, this is issue number three, although really it's not really versus. It's more of Age of Ultron and Marvel Zombies team up. That being said, still very interesting to see uh, Ultrons trying to team up with um, the undead and trying to kind of find a way to harness the abilities of both into kind of a, a super creature. Um I, I like what's happening with the Janet that we're seeing, who's uh, on her way to try and find Hank. Uh, seeing what Hank is dealing with himself in this new world, uh, because he's not used to... He's not really the Hank that they want or that they need to assist them to repel the invasion of these Ultron-slash-zombie characters. Um, I do appreciate that Robinson took the time to kind of develop the other characters that are here... And again, it felt like a natural extension of what him and Pew were doing on Invaders. So it was kind of a nice touch to have this as the cast. 
I enjoyed this very much. It's by James Robinson and Steve Pugh. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Again, it, it was a big surprise to me that I even thought this was as good as it was. I, I think that it's such a weird concept. It's just like Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies. Maybe that was just the name and the concept they had, but Robinson's done something really intriguing with it and kind of using the patchwork earth kind of concept of battle world to um good uh to great effect i should say i was gonna say good effect but i'm like that doesn't make sense great effect uh next up is amazing spider-man renew your vows number four this is by dan slot and adam kubert and scott hannah um <sighs> i liked parts of this but i did feel that this was not nearly as interesting as the previous issues had been Especially because like, Spider-Man's just kind of neutralized and then he's just kind of in stasis most of the time. And suddenly, um, you know, Annie's just kind of great with her powers and able to do things that other people can't do. There's some cool stuff here, but overall, it just felt like a weird mishmash. And even MJ's deci- decision that, like, let's go save your dad together. Really? Like, is that really what's going on here? Um, so I just thought that it was built into something and then what we got here was something different and I don't think I enjoyed what we got as much as the promise of where we could be headed. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it just felt like we were getting a really cool story about you know family and then Peter Parker's barely a part of this issue and Regent again remains a little uninteresting and Annie is suddenly, she's having what I'm going to call silk syndrome. Suddenly she's awesome without ever really having any anything to back up the fact that she could even be awesome and help take out actual established bad guys um i'm gonna give this a five the artwork's great i'll say that uh the artwork by adam Cooper remains fantastic although at times again it's a little uncertain exactly how old annie's supposed to be because it seems to fluctuate but regardless it was good um like the artwork anyway uh next up something i really dug and that is something I'm surprised about. I just this past, actually just today, I was reading Archie number one, and then I read Archie number two, and holy crap, it's fantastic. Uh, it's written by Mark Wade, artwork by Fiona Staples. Uh, I never thought I'd be so invested in an Archie comic book of all things. Um, it's just such a great reinvention. It's charming. It's understated. It's kind uh, of. It's got a, a different art style, but Fiona Staples is doing such a great job with it. Uh, I like the the kind of the breaking the fourth wall that Archie does. It's really endearing and helps move the story along. Uh, we finally get to see Veronica here. Um, I, I love all the pieces coming together that kind of form the classic Archie uh, dynamic, and we're seeing that slowly get developed. Uh, this was great, and I love the chapter breaks. Again, everything about this just feels like a very classic comic, and um, I'm gonna. I think this might be my favorite comic of the week. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at my list of ones I read, and I'm like, oh, maybe that's not true, but it's really close. Uh, it's a dog's race. Um, anyways, uh, I really enjoyed Archie number two. If you're not reading Archie because you're like, oh, fuck, it's Archie Comics. I don't want to read that. You're honestly missing out. Uh, you're missing out on something that's actually surprisingly solid. I mean, Mark Wade is an amazing writer. Fiona Staples is an amazing illustrator. So really, even if you didn't like Archie at all, which you don't have to have liked classic Archie. If you like these two creators, you should at least give it a shot. And I think you'll be surprised. I know I was. Not because I was, you know, too good for Archie, but it was like, I don't know if I'm going to, how I felt about them relaunching it, just because I thought there was a certain timeless classic nature to the old school Archie that I'd, I felt a little weird about them kind of redoing Archie. It felt like something that didn't need to be done. But reading it here, I'm like, holy crap. Like, if this could make people more interested in reading Archie, 
and uh, re-exposing what or redefining what Archie comics can be, then all the all the better for it. I mean, I think again, this is great. Uh, next up is Doomed number three, which I like. Uh, it's a little silly at times, and it's a little hard to know exactly what's going on. Um, I think the artwork at times could be just a little bit stronger. Um, the creation of the Alpha Centurion character, am I missing something, or is that in any way referenced in previous issues that that was even possible? Like, I, Some of this stuff just seems so out of left field, but part of, that, part of that's the charm. Um, it is such a, kind of a weird comic. You have this character, I don't even know who this is, who ends up like fighting... Um, the doomed character who doesn't even really have a name at this point besides his regular name which now escapes me it's not that memorable i guess it's why i love Dylan fernandez it is an interesting read um it's silly it's fun javier sorry fernandez is the artist and scott labdell wrote it um i don't really know where they're going with this but you know i'm willing to give it a shot because it's it definitely feels like something different is it always the you know the best read on the shelves no but it definitely feels like they're trying something different. There's, it's a new property, a new character, and you know, once in a while, you want something new, and not just getting rehashes of the old thing all, all over again and all the time. So I give Lubdell credit for creating a new character, and you know, kind of running to town with it. And the Alpha Centurion character, like I, I'm excited to see what they do with that because that just seems like such an out of left field thing to have happen here. I'm excited to kind of see what they maybe do with that in the future. Uh, next up is Green Lantern, The Lost Army, number three. This surprised me in a good way. Um, just because I have felt like I missed something, and now we're starting to feel like we're kind of filling in the gaps and starting to understand what we missed. Um, the way that we're kind of using flashbacks to understand more about Jon Stewart's really interesting. Uh, the fact that maybe we're seeing events that have been referenced before finally uh, happening is kind of cool, too. The ending, although it's probably a fake it, was pretty cool. Uh, it's written by Colin Bunn, artwork by uh, Jesus Sayes and Cliff Richards. I actually found myself really enjoying this, probably more than the last two issues, um, as it's getting less and less like, what the hell am I, what's going on here, what have I missed, and more, oh, this is where they're going with it, this could be kind of interesting and cool, as we're getting a greater sense of what's actually happening. Um, so I think it's it's definitely picking up steam, and maybe I was too hard on previous issues because I just had to give it, I just had to give it time to develop itself and uh, you know, and trust that Colin Bunn had a plan, and I think he does have a plan. And having read this now, I'm more into it. I again, I think I was way too harsh on the series previously, uh, and that happens sometimes. And that's the problem with serial storytelling: is that sometimes the overall story ends up being really interesting, but the actual chapters may not always connect. But when you read it all collected, then suddenly all the pieces, you know, come together and form the the proper puzzle that you were supposed to see all along. Uh, next up is Loki, Agent of Asgard. This is issue number, what, 17? Uh, I actually thought the last issue was supposed to be the end. Or I can't remember. Um, we got to see Loki going up against the gods above that we've seen referenced in other stories. Uh, this is a, the type of book that can be very confusing. Not in a Hickman way, but in a very... Almost too cute for its own good in terms of developing the concepts of stories and what stories mean and the nature of stories. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. I think Al Ewing and Lee Garbutt did a tremendous job with this book from the beginning. I think this is an ex- a book that I hope that they would eventually put in one giant collected edition that you can get all 17 issues in one spot. I think it's worth it. Um, the ending was so hopeful and cool with them him drawing a next... Uh, a next spot, a next door so you can walk through. Uh, this was tremendously entertaining. 
as it has been basically since the beginning. Uh, if you did not read Loki Agent of Asgard, why? Why not? It's been really, really entertaining. Like, you've missed out on something great. And uh, no one wants to miss out on something, right? You know, you, you can't. You can't miss out on something like this. Um, it, it's been such a unique and special book that doesn't feel like anything else on the shelves. And I think it's hard to find books like that. And that's what this was. It felt like something special that uh, was very different in a good way from a lot of the other things that you would generally, again, be able to buy. So, you know, I'd say give this a shot. It's definitely worth it. It was it was very, very entertaining. And again, at times even surprisingly so. Um, just how, how good it was and well put together. So I give it an 8 out of 10. Next up is Silk Number 6, another book that is just tremendous, which I thought it kind of reaches a, a great kind of ending point here, but then it still has one more issue, at least one more issue left as to be part of the uh, last day's uh, kind of branding of Secret Wars, which feels, feels very redundant at this point. Uh, this particular issue of Silk, issue number 6, is written by Robbie Thompson, our work by Stacey Lee. Um, this is one of those special, uh, very um, charming comics as we get to, you know, Silk has been captured. She finally is able to escape. Uh, she wants to get answers from this man who's been, almost tortured her, but instead he ends up dying because of uh, the, the black cat doing something really rash. Um, so she's not able to get the, the kind of the decisions she's supposed to, sorry, she's not able to get the answers that she wanted to get. Um, again, it's a very charming comic. Something about the artwork is really endearing. Uh, I, as I said, I think I've been more interested in um, this character of Silk in this six issues than I ever would have been under Stan Slott's uh, pen. I think these these creators have really understood the character. I know that there was a different artist originally, so there have been different artists, but I think all of them have been able to um, kind of nail a, a very specific tone for this book that sets it apart from other books of its ilk. And it doesn't. See, it's not just another book. It feels like something special. And uh, that's really entertaining. I, I want special. Again, I'm at this point in my comic book reading that I don't want to read the same old boring stories anymore. Um, I want to read more things that are different. And I know that I don't read a lot of the different stuff out there. And I'm still often constrained to the big two. And then I have momentary dabblings here and there. But like, I like the fact that I'm sort of trying to see other things now and, uh, and experience them. I mean, the fact that I've been, you know, been... This is something maybe I wouldn't have done a few years ago, being able to read more image stuff and trying Archie and um, we, we Stand on Guard and all these comics. I'm glad I'm taking more chances and trying other comics. And Marvel, i got to give them credit, is trying different comics that have different feels and different sensibilities. Feelings, I should say, or feel differently. Uh, and I'm glad that Silk kind of falls into that category. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, next up is Star Wars number 8. Absolutely fantastic. So good. Um... You know, it almost makes you forget that uh, Cassidy was even on the book. That's how good uh, Stuart Eminem is with his art. It just absolutely nails um, the, the the visual style of the characters, or what they look like. Um, everything, again, I, I didn't think it could be better than Cassidy, but I think maybe it is. Um, it's so good. And Jason Aaron remains just amazing. Um you really feel like you're you're watching a movie. Um, what Luke does is silly and and very impetuous, but that's who this version of Luke was at that point after he blew up the Death Star. And glad we get to see more of this. As for um, the elements with uh, Han Solo's supposed wife, that's been okay. I haven't been as enamored with that story, 
but it still feels the characters are still being written in such a way that they feel like you can hear Carrie Fisher and uh, Harrison Ford's voices. And that's pretty important when you're doing a licensed book is it has to be able to feel like uh, an actual adventure. Overall, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I think the elements with Han Solo kept it from being a 9 because it wasn't as solid, but the rest of the issue I definitely found intriguing. Uh, next up and last, actually lastly, is Superman Wonder Woman number 20. Um, this was alright. Uh, it wasn't great. It's written by Peter J. Tomasi and Doug, and Doug Monk does the art. I guess my part of the problem was having this large sequence where Clark goes you know, to see the president and ends up going up or having a um, bit of a head-to-head with uh, or a man-to-man with uh, Steve Trevor before Obama then showing up and them having a conversation. I don't know if I buy it all. Um, but the concept that they don't know if they can trust him now because he, they thought he was always Superman all the time and that not that he was like another person that he's kept something from them. The part was Wonder Woman. I don't know if I bought that either. I, elements of it I thought were really good, but overall the issue felt a little disconnected and disjointed. And I think maybe part of that is that this book has worked best when it is Superman and Wonder Woman together. And when they're in two separate areas, although doing similar things in their own way, I don't know if it was quite as strong. The artwork was good. But I think the story suffered a little. So I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Uh, There's a ton of books I didn't get a chance to read this week. So just some of the highlights that I missed include Bizarro number 3, Doctor Fate number 3, Justice League 43, which I'm excited to read, uh, Robin's Son of Batman number 3, New Issue of Secret 6, which I've heard a lot uh, of scuttlebutt about in a good way. So I'm excited to give that a shot at some point. Uh, Donald Duck number 4, Armor Wars 4, Guardians of Nowhere number 3, House of M number 1, Howard the Human number 1. Uh, new issue of Inferno, Runaways, Secret Wars Journal. There's the Secret War, Secret Love. I don't even know what that is. I haven't even had a chance to even look at what that even is, let alone read it. And Extinction Agenda number three. Uh, if we look forward to these upcoming week, some of the highlighted uh, releases on, I guess, what is it going to be? August 26th will include, let's take a look here. We've got uh, from DC, new issues of Aquaman, Batgirl, Cyborg, Deathstroke, Flash, uh, Grayson, uh, JLA Gods and Monsters, Prez, uh, Sinestro, Superman, and Teen Titans, and We Are Robin. Trade paperback-wise, we have the G.I. Zombie trade paperback. We also have the Justice League Dark tra- sixth, the sixth trade paperback. There's Superman, Batman, uh, Michael Turner Gallery Edition hardcover. Oof, $125. Uh, over from IDW, uh, we've got the release of the new issue of Mickey Mouse. I decided to actually drop that myself. Um, I was going to buy it for my son, well, for him to eventually read. Uh, I've been picking up Doc, uh, Do- Donald Duck for him, and I really regret not getting Doctor uh, Uncle Scrooge, because having looked at issues, I think, 4 and 5, I was like, man, I should have just bought this to begin with, because I think that's the one that, personally, I probably would have enjoyed reading the most. And I didn't realize it at the time, and I kind of missed out, and then I was, and then I realized that my son was really responding to Donald Duck uh, when he would watch cartoons, so I decided to get him that one. And then I got him the first issue of Mickey Mouse, and yes, he responded to the cover, but I actually looked through it myself, and I'm like, I wouldn't want to read this. Uh, I didn't really like the art. Didn't feel didn't feel like it really felt like Mickey Mouse to me. So I'm kind of deciding that I'm going to stick with doing uh, Donald Duck uh, single issues for my son. And then I think I might do um, the Uncle Scrooge collected editions because I can't get the singles at this point, or at least my store doesn't have it, and I don't know if I can get them. Uh, Walt Disney Comics and Stories kind of regret not getting that either, but I'm not sure because it could be could be anything because it doesn't need to have a set cast of characters because it can kind of t- pull from anything they want to tell a story for so 
Uh, for the moment, I'm buying Donald Duck, and I'm getting the Uncle Scrooge trades, I think. I haven't made a full decision, but I'm pretty sure that's where I'm going to go. Uh, oh, that was a long, long uh, tangent, so I apologize for that. Uh, we got the Amazing Spider-Man fourth trade paperback, fourth trade paperback graveyard shift. Uh, we have Ant-Man Last Days number one. It's bugging me that they're doing this as like uh, weird um, uh, one shots. This and the annual because the, I was enjoying Ant-Man. I was reading it kind of secondhand, so ended up buying the trade. But it only has issues I think one to five. And then the next astonishing Ant-Man trade is going to end up having Last Days and the annual. So it just feels like a weird way of end, that they're going to end up collecting it. Uh, we got Deadpool Secret Secret Wars number four. So loving this book. Uh, Secret War, Civil War number three, which I have really been enjoying. Uh, Hank Johnson Agent of Hydra number one. That'll be intriguing. Let's see what that looks like. Uh, the second trade paperback of Iron Fist Living Weapon by uh, Kari Andrews. Uh, there's a new printing of Inhumans by Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee. Uh, new shoes of Marvel Zombies and Modoc Assassin. There's a new collection, new printing, I should say, of the Next Wave Agents of Hate complete collection. Uh, got the Return of Living Deadpool trade paperback, Old Man Logan issue four, Shield number nine, Star Wars Lando number three, Spider Woman number ten. Uh, we've got the Star Wars Legends epic collection, Rise of the Sith, Uncanny Avengers trade paperback volume one, Counter Revolutionary, which I guess the book's already over, so it felt like a weird, like they bring it in and then they tell one story and then it ends and then they're gonna have a new Unity Squad when it comes back, so that's kind of a weird choice. Wolverine's Trade Paperback Volume 4. I'd be surprised it even had that many issues to get collected. And the final, I guess, print edition, not, not final print edition, but the next print edition of X-Men 92. It's issue number three. So that's everything uh, coming out uh, next week. Um, you can always email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Post in our HTML thread when they go up eventually. Although I haven't been putting reviews episodes up lately or even regular episodes. I really got to get back on that. You can listen to us on Stitcher as well. And obviously this is episode 299. So I'm recording this as of right now on the 22nd of August. I think at the moment that this episode will probably be going up on the 26th. Uh, as for the big episode 300, it may not come out as originally scheduled. Uh, it was originally going to come out probably around the 31st, which is a couple days later than it would typically have come out. Um, there's a small chance that it might actually get delayed a week now. Um, depends on content coming together. Uh, scheduling has always been proving difficult this time of year, and now we're up at issue 300, and we don't really have um, the guests we were hoping to have, or at least the people on the show we were hoping to have, So, uh, which is unfortunate. So we will have episode 300 coming up at some point. It might be, just end up being a smorgasbord of different things, which is, will be exciting in its own way. So uh, look forward to that. That will be coming out uh, within the next week or two. Um, and hopefully it'll be a good episode and enjoyable. And then we can start the long road to episode 400. And when we eventually hit episode 400, that will be a crazy day. One of these days I'll hit episode 500 if I'm lucky and the show keeps going. So speaking of keeping the show going, though, if you'd like to donate to help keep the show going, we'd really appreciate any financial assistance you can provide. And however low that amount that might be, we'd really appreciate the assistance as we do have our um, uh, we do have to renew are hosting with Podbean very shortly, so that'd be very much appreciated if you're able to. We have a, a link at the bottom of the episode um, 
listing on comicshenanigans.poppy.com so that you can donate. Anyways, thank you very much for listening to my prattling on. Uh, recent uh, episodes that have happened in the past that I do have to pump up, and in case you haven't had a chance to listen to them yet, because I think that they were really enjoyable episodes. Uh, episode 298 was a conversation with uh, Amazing Spider Talk's Dan Gavazdan, so that's definitely worth picking out, or not picking up, but worth downloading and listening to, uh, as well as... Um, episode 296 which was our conversation with Ron Friends a legendary penciler it was really enjoyable sitting down and talking with him I think we ended up talking for about two hours so it was, it was a really great episode uh, in the future coming up at some point we've had some rescheduling happening so we don't know exactly when but we will have future episodes with uh, DG Chichester uh, who's a writer on Daredevil in the 90s uh, at some point, I think maybe in late September, maybe we'll have Devin Grayson, who is a very influential writer who wrote The Adventures of Nightwing and I think Birds of Prey at one point. Uh, and she wrote some Batman stuff as well. Uh, we're also going to have at some point Howard Mackey and Nascenti. Uh, so Howard Mackey was, you know, created the Danny Catch version of Ghost Rider, wrote a lot of stuff in the 90s um, and early 2000s. And then Anna Senti has, it was an absolutely legendary uh, writer for her work on Daredevil in the 80s. Uh, and who else do we have coming up? We have some other stuff. Uh, Mike Perkins, acclaimed artist, will be sitting down with us sometime in September, I hope. Uh, we're just working on figuring everything out in terms of the actual scheduling there. I think in October we're going to have Fabian Nicieza, uh join us back on the show, which will be really exciting. We're, uh, we, we're still firming up details, but it might be... Um, type of episode where because we originally had a conversation with him episode 262 talking about his history in comics etc but what we might actually do uh for the upcoming episode that he's guesting on is actually doing a little bit of our, our writer's commentary going through some uh, specific comics and getting the sense of you know what kind of what was going behind the scenes uh, what led to the certain stories being written uh he also has um an exciting new digital project coming out from marvel in uh, october which will be the deadpool cable series uh, so hopefully we'll have a good chat about that. Anyway, that this is all in the future, but these are the episodes you can look forward to in the uh, low 300s of this show. So thank you once again for listening to me prattle on, and we'll catch you next time. So the next time is episode 300. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.